Pastor Ray Bentley talks about God's great plan of salvation. The story of redemption is how God himself leaves the mountaintop, comes down out of the garden of paradise, even of heaven, comes down to the howling wilderness and redeems us, saves us. And now for the rest of all time and eternity, we may eat of the tree of life. And what is the tree of life? Jesus. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, everything changed. It was a very bad day. But a day is coming when everything will be restored just the way God originally designed it. That will be a very good day. Today, Pastor Ray shows us what will happen when God's redemption plan finally reaches its completion. We're going to have a, uh, the beginning, part one of a great study now about the kingdom, thy kingdom come. If you have your Bibles, open them to Luke chapter 17. But talking about the kingdom, this is what is happening. I know, you know, we sometimes get focused on all the things happening here, uh, economically and politically, and what's even happening around the world. But the big story, the really big story is that all of these are merely signs that the kingdom of God is literally already now on its way from heaven to the earth. It is being manifest. It's all the prophecies are going to be fulfilled. Everything is going to be restored. And get ready because the Lord is coming back. Amen? But I want to talk about the kingdom of God. Jesus came to restore the kingdom. Luke chapter 17, and uh, though we're not going to talk about all the verses, I'd like to just read this section beginning in verse 20. Here's what over the next two studies we'll be looking at and talking about. The coming of the kingdom, beginning in verse 20. Now when he, Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. And then he said to the disciples, so that's what he said, you know, to anybody and everybody at large who was listening. Beginning with verse 22, Jesus now gathers only followers, only disciples, only believers, and begins to give some special insights. He said to the disciples, and that's hopefully why you're here tonight, The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here, or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also the Son of Man will be in his day. In other words, every eye will see it. It won't be hidden. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you in that night, there will be two men in one bed. The one will be taken, I believe in judgment or in the uh, actual deliverance and the other will be left, left behind for judgment. Two women will be grinding together and one will be taken and the other left. Two men will be in the field, the one will be taken and the other left. And they answered and said to him, where Lord? And so he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. As Jesus begins talking about the kingdom of God, the restoring of the kingdom, I wanna paint for you a picture. We as men and women, human beings, we were originally made to exercise authority for the Lord. We were actually given, and as you read in the book of Genesis, God gave mankind dominion over the earth. Um, and the earth is just beautiful. It is absolutely uh, rich. There's a, a series that, I think it was the BBC that did it on earth, uh, with all these incredible pictures of the animal kingdom and the and vegetation and caves and sea and life under it. How many of you have seen some or part of that? Isn't it incredible? And do you not just look in awe at the beauty of God's creation? Well, God gave all that is in the earth, he gave that to mankind. To really, when it says rule over it, it, it is to be, to, to manage it, uh, to maintain it, uh, to arrange it, to beautify it, uh, to orchestrate it in a way that brings glory to our Creator in heaven. It was the Creator's desire, as we think about God, our Creator, it was the Creator's desire to extend his, the rule of His kingdom in heaven, in the supernatural realm, to extend the rule of heaven to this physical earth right here. And his plan was to extend his kingly reign and rule in heaven through his earthly sons and daughters in the physical realm. And so really the picture of the earth in the beginning was paradise. And within this paradise was a special garden which had been planted just by the Lord himself for a place to walk with Adam and Eve. We, we learned from putting various scriptures together that apparently the Garden of Eden was on the top of the tallest mountain on the face of the earth. So imagine this, from, and from the top of the, uh, this mountain is where the, the rivers, there are actually four rivers that cascaded down, generally going north, south, east, and west, which would have gone to water all the earth. And, um, then God had planted this beautiful tree called the tree of life, and then there was one other tree called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, he had given the whole earth to us, and the only test he gave to Adam and Eve was of this one tree, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat the knowledge of good and evil, uh, sin will come and death will come and all, all the rest. So um, Adam and Eve, I mean, how many trees were on the planet earth? How many trees are there in the planet earth? 
let alone that we had access to the tree of life. But what tree were we hanging around? <laughs> the one tree, it's almost the moment, and God did this, part of his plan was to bring out uh, and to test us. And we, how many would agree we failed the test? And you know, how many of you have ever seen a sign, and I'm, I'm the first one to admit being guilty to this, a sign that says, wet paint, do not touch. How many of you, like me, have been tempted, I wonder if it's dry yet? And then you go, let's, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> the little dab of paint there on the end of your finger proving, well, I guess it wasn't uh, dry after all. Wet paint, don't touch. Well, here's one tree, and God said, don't partake of this tree. We did. And obviously, we didn't fully comprehend uh, what God had said or what the ramifications would be, and, and so sin spilled out. And now, God never intended for us to know evil by experience. Unfortunately, now we have. And uh, God's original plan was that we would manage with Him as sons and daughters, part of His glorious and royal family. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 gives us kind of that original uh, mandate, if you will. And so let's read that scripture. It's in your notes. Let's read that scripture out loud together. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So that's what God had given to us. And we forfeited that over really to the devil and he made us captives. Look with me again in uh, chapter 17. Let's uh, look at verses 20 and 21. He says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. If I could say one, one thing about the kingdom of God, it is that Jesus Christ is the king, and wherever Jesus Christ is as the king, his kingdom has come. At that particular moment, the kingdom was within Jesus. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. And therefore, in bodily form, through the incarnation, the very essence and heart and soul of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God was standing eyeball to eyeball with these uh, Jewish Pharisees and those who were there at that time. They had read the prophecies and they were looking for a political kingdom and they were looking for the outward signs of it. Jesus is trying to tell them that the kingdom first comes inside. It's not in a, uh, a place that you can point to. It doesn't have merely a beginning of a physical locality, but it begins with Jesus. Wherever Jesus is, there the kingdom of heaven has come. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was a true teacher of God's word. I had found my church home with him. I just wish I'd gotten to know him before he passed. However, he taught me to love the Bible, which I am thankful for. I know that Pastor Ray is in the most glorious of places now. 
Pastor Ray's messages continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. In the Garden of Eden, we lost the very kingdom of heaven. We lost the kingdom of heaven being on the earth. In a sense, you could say that uh, in the garden was, was heaven on earth. Heaven and earth were kind of married together. When sin entered, remember they were kicked out of the garden, there were cherubim apparently on the physical earth in the Garden of Eden up at the top of the mountain. By the way, two of those rivers uh, that are mentioned in the first couple of pages of the book of Genesis as coming down the mountain of, of Eden where the Garden of Eden was, two of them still remain to this day. One is called the Tigris River, the other is called the Euphrates River. The two other rivers have apparently through all the years and ages have, through the change of geography, disappeared. But two of them are still here. Adam and Eve are essentially kicked out of the garden and thus off the mountain. And so there's only one direction they can go down, physically down the mountain. Now thorns and thistles will grow. Now there's going to be uh, the curse and, and badlands and wastelands and deserts and all the rest. The, the prophets called it the howling wilderness. So we lost our position, we lost our place, and the, the story then of redemption, because that's not the end of the story, that's the beginning of the story, right? First couple of chapters of Genesis. The story of redemption is how God himself leaves the mountaintop, comes down out of the garden of paradise, even of heaven, comes down to the howling wilderness of our bitter and barren experience and redeems us, saves us, carries, as it were, humanity upon his own shoulders and then ascends back to the mountain. And even with the, remember the angels, the cherubims with, with uh, flaming swords at the entrance, not allowing Adam and Eve to enter. Well, Jesus now who incarnated himself into humanity essentially walked through that barrier, through the Eastern uh, garden. And, and the swords symbolically of judgment fell, thus his body was broken, his blood was shed, but God's justice having been met, the cherubim now have sheathed, as it were, those swords of judgment. And with blood there upon the mantle, we are now allowed to walk back in. As Jesus resurrects, he carries us back in and brings us to the tree of life. And now for the rest of all time and eternity, we may eat of the tree of life. And what is the tree of life? Jesus. The tree of life is the very words of God. And by this shall man live, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Never wanting or even being tempted to eat uh, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil ever again. Amen? You've had enough of that. So, um, Adam has forfeited his, his calling, his authority, and thus his very purpose. God is wanting to restore the kingdom. And God had a plan to restore the kingdom ultimately through his son, Jesus Christ. The first promise of the Messiah and of the story of redemption is found in Genesis chapter three, verse 15. It's in your notes, let's read this scripture out loud. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Isn't that interesting that God promises there'll be enmity, and he's talking to the serpent, between you and the woman. 
uh, because salvation is going to come through this child that is born between your seed and her seed. That seed is prophetically talking about the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He, the serpent, will uh, bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Or actually, Jesus is going to crush the Satan's head and, and the serpent will bite his heel. That's a picture prophetically of the cross. But Jesus on the cross crushed the head of the snake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He crushed, he destroyed and defeated the works of the devil. The enemy did bite his heel, and thus we see Christ crucified and buried, but on the third day rising from the dead. So the, the heart of this promise that God gave was that through uh, the coming of an offspring, a child, a woman would break the power of the adversary over mankind. God, through this offspring, would now regain the authority that was lost, the dominion that Adam and Eve once held would be restored, and through a process of conflict, he would restore the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven back to mankind. And this is that, that beautiful first promise of the restoration of the kingdom. So what was really lost in the garden? What was lost was not religion. It was a kingdom. And God's restoration from now on uh, would be one of redemption, restoration, and the seeking to reestablish his kingdom upon the earth. When we think about the, the kingdom of heaven and being up on the, on the top of the mountain, have you noticed through the Bible how many places where God did great, powerful acts of redemption were on mountaintops? Have you noticed that? Moses is up on the mountain when he receives the Ten Commandments and the cloud comes. Elijah is on Mount Carmel when fire comes. Um, many instances uh, of victories from mountaintops. And then, the, really, the only complete sermon that Jesus ever gave is called the Sermon on the Mount. Really, it's the Sermon on the Mountain. Uh, Jesus was crucified on a mountain. He was resurrected on a mountain. He ascended from the Mount of Olives. Zechariah chapters 12 through 14 says he's coming back to the mountain called the Mount of Olives. Why? Why all these mountains? Why did God always choose mountains to show his strength and his power and his glory and his restoration? Because it was on top of a mountain that we lost everything. And so God is continually reminding us through picture after picture, story after story of redemption that I'm going to bring you back to the mountaintops. I'm going to restore you. So the kingdom was promised also to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Uh, this was a kingdom promise made to Abraham. And I'll just read it out loud to you. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God's promise to Abraham and to his descendants was that they would possess the promised land to live under his rule. Now, let me tell you something. We see Israel has been regathered and, you know, we think of the promised land and we immediately think of, uh, of Israel. But I want to share with you maybe a new way of looking at this and a new insight. Yes, 
Israel was promised and their boundaries and borders that are given. But I suggest to you that what the scriptures say is that was only the beginning and not even the end. As God chose to bless Abraham and through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed, it means that through Abraham came Jesus. And whoever would believe and trust in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, God wanted to save the world for God so loved the world. He wanted all nations. He wanted all people to be saved. And therefore, he wants all continents. The kingdom of God is not just, just in Israel. I suggest to you, it was the beginning of reclaiming the land that ultimately, from there, it was to bring salvation to the, all the ends of the earth and to all the isles and to all the nations and all the Gentiles so that all seven continents when Jesus comes, will be part of the promised land. The whole earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And as the waters cover the sea, so shall the Lord be known. Amen? The whole earth is going to be his. I believe. So you, but you have to start somewhere because there's a conflict. The enemy, he got it. He doesn't want to give up control. So what God, real estate is important. And here's what I believe is so significant about what's happening in Israel and the rebirth of Israel today. Now they don't have it all and even they're working on a peace deal, they're gonna cut Israel in half and the two-state solution. Joel chapter three tells us they'll divide the land. But even still, the beginning of the regathering of the Jewish people, even with the beginning of some of that land that is called holy to the Lord, even that real estate is sacred and precious and holy. Leviticus chapter 23 says, the land shall not be sold forever because God says the land is mine. It really belongs to the Lord. But that's not the end. God wants to begin with that and then he wants to bring the whole earth under his dominion and the dominion of his kingdom. Amen? So God promised to Abraham and his descendants the promised land and to live under his rule. And the historical process by which Israel came in to enter the promised land was this sovereign act of God. And the most powerful act of God in the Old Testament was when he rescued his people in Egypt uh, from their captivity there through the great blood of the Passover lamb. The great story of the new covenant is Jesus, the lamb of God and his blood shed upon the doorposts of our hearts. And I hope and pray that every single person in here tonight has Jesus in your heart. Only if you have Jesus Christ risen and, and believe and trust in him that he is the, the, the lone savior of the world, that will bring you into the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God to enjoy it and to live in it forever. But you must have Jesus in your heart. And uh, if any of you do not have him in your heart, then I encourage you to do so. Pastor Ray Bentley pointing out the most important decision you can make, that of accepting Jesus as your Savior. And if you'd like to know more about that, go to raybentley.com and click the word about. Pastor Ray has some good information for you there. Today's study is titled, Thy Kingdom Come, Part One. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. 
Also, click the word media and you'll see the words watch, radio, and Devo. Three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.